the patient with psychotic symptoms. Case Summary Mr. P.P., aged 23 years, was assessed by his general practitioner, G.P., because his family had become concerned about his behavior. Over the last six months his college attendance had been uncharacteristically poor and he had terminated his part-time work. He had also become increasingly reclusive, spending more time alone in his flat, refusing to answer the door or see his friends. After some inappropriate suspiciousness, he allowed the GP into his flat and then disclosed that government scientists had started to perform experiments on him over the last year. These involved the insertion of an electrode into his brain that detected gamma rays transmitted from government headquarters, which issued him with commands and planted strange ideas in his head. When the GP asked how he knew this, he replied that he heard the men's voices as clear as day and that they continually commented on what he was thinking. He explained that his suspicion that all was not right was confirmed when he heard the neighbor's dog barking in the middle of the night, at that point he knew for certain that he was being interfered with. Prompted by the GP, Mr. P.P. also mentioned that a man in his local pub knew of his plight and had sent him a covert signal when he overheard the man conversing about the dangers of nuclear experiments. He also admitted to receiving coded information from the radio whenever it was turned on. Mr. P.P. found his experiences very disturbing and had been considering suicide to escape his situation. The GP found no evidence of abnormal mood, incoherence of speech or disturbed motor function. Mr. P.P. denied use of recreational drugs and appeared physically well. After the GP discussed the case with a psychiatrist, Mr. P.P. was admitted to a psychiatric hospital for a period of assessment and to manage his risk to himself. Mr. P.P. agreed to a voluntary admission, as he was now afraid of staying alone at home. For a discussion of the case study see the end of the chapter. The patient with psychotic symptoms can present in many varied ways. It is often very difficult to elicit and describe specific symptoms when a patient is speaking or behaving in a grossly disorganized fashion. Therefore it is important to approach the assessment in a logical and systematic fashion as well as to have a good understanding of the psychopathology involved. Definitions and Clinical Features the term psychosis refers to a mental state in which reality is grossly distorted, resulting in symptoms such as delusions, hallucinations, and thought disorder. However, patients with schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders often have other symptoms too, e.g. psychomotor abnormalities, mood-slash-effect disturbance, cognitive deficits, and disorganized behavior. There are many classifications that attempt to describe all the symptoms seen in schizophrenia and psychosis, but it is useful to approach psychotic psychopathology using five somewhat interrelated parameters. 1. Perception. 2. Abnormal beliefs. 3. Thought disorder. 4. Negative symptoms. 5. Psychomotor function. Perceptual disturbance. Perception is the process of making sense of the physical information we receive from our sensory modalities. Hallucinations are perceptions occurring in the absence of an external physical stimulus, which have the following important characteristics. To the patient, the nature of a hallucination is the same as a normal sensory experience, i.e. it appears real. Therefore patients often have little insight into their abnormal experience. They are experienced as external sensations from any one of the sensory modalities, e.g. hearing, vision, smell, taste, touch, and should be distinguished from ideas, thoughts, images or fantasies which originate in the patient's own mind. They occur without an external stimulus and are not merely distortions of an existing physical stimulus, see illusions. According to which sense organ they appear to arise from, hallucinations are classified as auditory, visual, olfactory, gustatory or somatic. Special forms of hallucinations will also be discussed. 
see for an outline of the classification of hallucinations. Figure 9.1 Outline of Classification of Hallucinations Illusions are misperceptions of real external stimuli, e.g. in a dark room, a dressing gown hanging on a bedroom wall is perceived as a person. Illusions often occur in healthy people and are usually associated with inattention or intense emotional state, e.g. situational anxiety. A pseudo-hallucination is a perceptual experience which differs from a hallucination in that it appears to arise in the subjective inner space of the mind, not through one of the external sensory organs. Although experienced in internal space pseudo-hallucinations are not under conscious control, e.g. someone hearing a voice inside their own head telling them to harm themselves or someone experiencing distressing flashbacks in post-traumatic stress disorder. These are not viewed as true psychotic experiences. Note that some psychiatrists define pseudo-hallucinations to mean hallucinations that patients recognize as false perceptions, i.e. they have insight into the fact that they are hallucinating. The former definition is probably more widely used. Auditory hallucinations. These are hallucinations of the hearing modality and are the most common type of hallucinations in clinical psychiatry. Elementary hallucinations are simple, unstructured sounds, e.g. whirring, buzzing, whistling or single words, this type of hallucination occurs most commonly in acute organic states, e.g. epilepsy, migraine, delirium. Complex hallucinations occur as spoken phrases, sentences or even dialogue that are classified as audible thoughts, first-person patients hear their own thoughts spoken out loud as they think them. When patients experience their thoughts as echoed by a voice after they have thought them, it is termed thought echo. Second-person auditory hallucinations, patients hear a voice or voices talking directly to them. Second-person hallucinations can be persecutory, highly critical, complementary, or can issue commands to the patient, command hallucinations. Second-person hallucinations are often associated with mood disorders with psychotic symptoms and so will be critical or persecutory in a depressed patient or complementary in a manic patient, i.e. mood-congruent hallucinations. Third-person auditory hallucinations, patients hear a voice or voices speaking about them, referring to them in the third person. This may take the form of two or more voices arguing or discussing the patient among themselves or one or more voices giving a running commentary on the patient's thoughts or actions. Hints and Tips Particular types of auditory hallucination are highly suggestive of schizophrenia and known as first-rank symptoms. See for a list. Visual hallucinations. These are hallucinations of the visual modality. They occur most commonly in organic brain disturbances, delirium, occipital lobe tumors, epilepsy, dementia, and in the context of psychoactive substance use, lysergic acid diethylamide, mescaline, petrol-slash-glue sniffing, alcoholic hallucinosis. An autoscopic hallucination is the experience of seeing an image of oneself in external space. Charles Bonnet syndrome describes the condition where patients experience complex visual hallucinations associated with no other psychiatric symptoms or impairment in consciousness, it usually occurs in older adults and is associated with loss of vision. Lilliputian hallucinations are hallucinations of miniature people or animals and are associated with alcohol withdrawal. Somatic hallucinations. These are hallucinations of bodily sensation and include superficial, visceral and kinesthetic hallucinations. Superficial hallucinations describe sensations on or just below the skin and may be tactile, haptic experience of the skin being touched, pricked or pinched. Formication is the unpleasant sensation of insects crawling on or just below the skin, it is commonly associated with long-term cocaine use, cocaine bugs, and alcohol withdrawal. Thermal, false perception of heat or cold. Hygric, false perception of a fluid, e.g., I can feel water sloshing in my brain. 
Visceral hallucinations describe false perceptions of the internal organs. Patients may be distressed by deep sensations of their organs throbbing, stretching, distending, or vibrating. Kinesthetic hallucinations are false perceptions of joint or muscle sense. Patients may describe their limbs vibrating or being twisted. The fleeting but distressing sensation of free-falling just as one is about to fall asleep is an example that most people have experienced, see hypnagogic hallucinations later in this chapter. Olfactory and gustatory hallucinations. These are the false perceptions of smell and taste. They commonly occur together because the two senses are closely related. A classic example is mood-congruent hallucinations of rotting flesh or burning in depression. However, in patients with new olfactory or gustatory hallucinations, it is important to rule out epilepsy, especially of the temporal lobe, and other organic brain diseases. Red flag box. If a patient presents with visual, olfactory, or elementary hallucinations, consider the possibility of brain disorders such as delirium, migraine, epilepsy, or cancer before attributing these symptoms to a primary psychiatric disorder. Special forms of hallucination. Hypnagogic hallucinations are false perceptions in any modality, usually auditory or visual, that occur as a person goes to sleep, whereas, hypnopompic hallucinations occur as a person awakens. These occur commonly and do not indicate mental disorder. Extracampan hallucinations are false perceptions that occur outside the limits of a person's normal sensory field, e.g. a patient describes hearing voices from 100 miles away. Patients often give delusional explanations for this phenomenon. A functional hallucination occurs when a normal sensory stimulus is required to precipitate a hallucination in that same sensory modality, e.g. voices that are only heard when the doorbell rings. A reflex hallucination occurs when a normal sensory stimulus in one modality precipitates a hallucination in another, e.g. voices that are only heard whenever the lights are switched on. Abnormal beliefs. Abnormal beliefs include primary and secondary delusions and overvalued ideas. Delusions. A delusion is an unshakable false belief that is not accepted by other members of the patient's culture. It is important to understand the following characteristics of delusional thinking. To the patient, there is no difference between a delusional belief and a true belief, they are the same experience. Therefore only an external observer can diagnose a delusion. A delusion is to ideation what an hallucination is to perception, both have the quality of reality to the person experiencing them. The delusion is false because of faulty reasoning. A man's delusional belief that his wife is having an affair may actually be true, she may indeed be unfaithful, but it remains a delusion because the reason he gives for this belief is undoubtedly false, e.g. she must be having an affair because she is part of a top-secret sexual conspiracy to prove that he is a homosexual. A delusion is out of keeping with the patient's social and cultural background. It is crucial to establish that the belief is not one likely to be held by that person's subcultural group, e.g. a belief in the imminent second coming of Christ may be appropriate for a member of a religious group, but not for a formerly atheist, middle-aged businessman. It is diagnostically significant to classify delusions as primary or secondary, mood congruent or mood incongruenty, bizarre or non-bizarre, according to the content of the delusion. Primary delusions, autochthonous delusions, do not occur in response to any previous psychopathological state, their genesis is not understandable. They may be preceded by a delusional atmosphere, mood, where patients have a sense that the world around them has been subtly altered, often in a sinister or threatening way. In this state a fully formed delusion has not yet developed and patients appear perplexed and apprehensive. Note that when a delusion occurs after a delusional atmosphere it is still regarded as primary, 
the delusional atmosphere is probably a precursor to the fully developed primary delusion. A delusional perception is also a primary delusion and occurs when a delusional meaning is attached to a normal perception, e.g. a patient believed he was a terrorist target because he heard an airplane flying in the distance. Primary delusions occur typically in schizophrenia and other primary psychotic disorders. Secondary delusions are the consequences of pre-existing psychopathological states, usually mood disorders, c. Many interrelated delusions that are centered on a common theme are termed systematized delusions. In mood-congruent delusions, the contents of the delusions are appropriate to the patient's mood and are commonly seen in depression or mania with psychotic features. Bizarre delusions are those which are extremely implausible, e.g. the belief that aliens have planted radioactive detonators in the patient's brain. They are considered to be characteristic of schizophrenia. Lists the classification of delusions by their content. It is important that you can label a delusion according to its content, so take some time to familiarize yourself with this table. Table 9.1 Hints and Tips Note that the term, paranoid, refers to any delusions or ideas that are unduly self-referent, typically feelings of persecution, grandeur or reference. It should not be used synonymously with the term, persecutory, i.e. when a patient has a false belief that people are trying to harm him, do not say that he is paranoid, rather say that he has a persecutory delusion. Finally, beliefs that were previously held with delusional intensity but then become held with less conviction are termed partial delusions. This occurs when patients are recovering. Communication Direct questioning about perceptual experience may alienate a non-psychotic patient and raise undue suspicion in a psychotic patient. To maintain rapport with patients, begin these questions with a primer such as, I am now going to ask you some questions which may seem a little strange, but are routine questions which I ask all patients. Overvalued ideas An overvalued idea is a plausible belief that a patient becomes preoccupied with to an unreasonable extent. The key feature is that the pursuit of this idea causes considerable distress to the patient or those living around them, i.e. it is overvalued. Patients who hold overvalued ideas have usually had them for many years and typically have abnormalities of personality. They are distinguished from delusions by the lack of a gross abnormality in reasoning, these patients can often give fairly logical reasons for their beliefs. They differ from obsessions in that they are not experienced as recurrent intrusive thoughts. However, one will frequently encounter beliefs that span definitions. Typical disorders that feature overvalued ideas are anorexia nervosa, hypochondriacal disorder, dysmorphophobia, paranoid personality disorder and morbid jealousy, this can also take the form of a delusion. See for tips on how to distinguish different types of abnormal thoughts. Thought disorder. Thought disorder is when someone's speech is so disorganized that it is difficult to follow what is meant. Many patients with delusions are able to communicate in a clear and coherent manner, although their beliefs may be false, their speech is organized, thus delusions are an abnormality of thought content, not thought form. However, there is a subgroup of psychotic patients who speak in such a disorganized way that it becomes difficult to understand what they are saying. The coherency of patients with disorganized thinking varies from being mostly understandable in patients exhibiting circumstantial thinking to being completely incomprehensible in patients with a word salad phenomenon, c. Figure 9.2 Thought Disorder, Simplified Representation Describing the disturbance of a patient's thought form is one of the most challenging tasks facing clinicians. This problem is compounded by two factors, it is impossible to know what patients are actually thinking, i.e. thought form has to be inferred from their speech and behavior, the unfortunate situation has arisen where various authors in psychiatry have described a different conceptual view of thought disorder, which has resulted in conflicting and confusing classification systems. 
It is not essential to be able to identify all the subgroups of thought disorder, but it is important that you are able to say when thought form is or is not disordered. To describe the nature of the thought disorder you should have a clear understanding of the individual definitions you intend to use. To help describe thought disorder, it is particularly helpful if you document and are able to cite examples of the patient's speech in their own words. Hints and tips. Many people have mildly disordered communication styles, particularly when tired or stressed. Perhaps you can think of someone you know who is often mildly circumstantial in their storytelling? To count as thought disorder, the patient's thinking style should significantly impair effective communication. The following are important signs of disorganized thinking. Circumstantial and tangential thinking. C. Flight of ideas. C. Loosening of association, derailment slash night's move thinking. This is when the patient's train of thought shifts suddenly from one very loosely or unrelated idea to the next. In its worst form, speech becomes a mixture of incoherent words and phrases and is termed word salad. Loosening of association is characteristic of schizophrenia. Note that some psychiatrists, but not all, use the term formal thought disorder synonymously with loosening of association. Special forms of thought disorder. Thought blocking occurs when patients experience a sudden cessation to their flow of thought, often in mid-sentence, observed as sudden breaks in speech. Patients have no recall of what they were saying or thinking and thus continue talking about a different topic. Neologisms are new words created by the patient, often combining syllables of other known words. Patients can also use recognized words idiosyncratically by attributing them with an unrecognized but related meaning, metonyms. Perseveration is when an initially correct response is inappropriately repeated, e.g. unnecessarily repeating a previously expressed word or phrase. Palilalia describes the repetition of the last word of a sentence, Logoclonia describes the repetition of the last syllable of the last word. Perseveration is highly suggestive of organic brain disease. Echolalia is when patients senselessly repeat words or phrases spoken around them by others, i.e. like a parrot. Irrelevant answers is when patients give answers that are completely unrelated to the original question. Negative symptoms. Positive symptoms are those that are present when they should not be and include delusions, hallucinations, and thought disorder. In contrast, negative symptoms are abilities that are absent when they should be present and include marked apathy, poverty of thought and speech, blunting of effect, social isolation, poor self-care and cognitive impairment. Patients can have positive and negative symptoms simultaneously or, as often happens, develop a negative presentation after initially presenting with predominantly positive symptoms. Remember that patients with a depressed mood or those experiencing significant side effects from psychotropic medication may also present with what appear to be negative symptoms, which often presents a diagnostic challenge. Psychomotor function. Although a relatively rare phenomenon in industrialized countries, some patients with psychosis will present with abnormalities of motor function. Motor system dysfunction in schizophrenia is usually due to the extrapyramidal side effects of neuroleptic medication, C. However, patients with psychosis can occasionally present with striking motor signs that are not caused by psychiatric medication or a known organic brain disease. Although undoubtedly associated with the patient's abnormal mental state, the cause of this psychomotor dysfunction is far from clarified. The term catatonia literally means extreme muscular tone or rigidity, however, it commonly describes any excessive or decreased motor activity that is apparently purposeless and includes abnormalities of movement, tone, or position. Note that catatonic symptoms are not diagnostic of schizophrenia, they may also be caused by brain diseases, metabolic abnormalities or psychoactive substances, and can also occur in mood disorders. 
describes the common motor symptoms seen in schizophrenia. Table 9.2 Motor Symptoms in Schizophrenia Differential Diagnosis Psychotic symptoms are nonspecific and are associated with many primary psychiatric illnesses. They can also present secondary to a general medical condition or psychoactive substance use. See for the differential diagnosis for psychotic symptoms. Box 9.1 Differential Diagnosis of Psychosis Psychotic Disorders Schizophrenia Schizophrenia-like psychotic disorders Schizoaffective disorder Delusional disorder Mood disorders Manic episode with psychotic features Depressive episode, severe, with psychotic features Secondary to a general medical condition Secondary to psychoactive substance use Dementia-slash-delirium Personality disorder, schizotypal, borderline, schizoid, paranoid Neurodevelopmental disorder, autistic spectrum Psychotic disorders Schizophrenia There are no pathognomonic or singularly defining symptoms of schizophrenia, it is a syndrome characterized by a heterogeneous cluster of symptoms and signs. The International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, 10th edition, ICD-10, has set out diagnostic guidelines based on the most commonly occurring symptom groups, which have been discussed in the preceding section. It is also important to establish that there has been a clear and marked deterioration in the patient's social and work functioning. Box 9.2 ICD-10 Diagnostic Guidelines for Schizophrenia One or more of the following symptoms A. Thought echo, insertion, withdrawal, or broadcast. B. Delusions of control or passivity, delusional perception. C. Hallucinatory voices giving a running commentary, discussing the patient among themselves or, originating, from some part of the body. D. Bizarre delusions. O.R. Two or more of the following symptoms. E. Other hallucinations that either occur every day for weeks or that are associated with fleeting delusions or sustained overvalued ideas. F. Thought disorganization, loosening of association, incoherence, neologisms. G. Catatonic symptoms. H. Negative symptoms. I. Change in personal behavior, loss of interest, aimlessness, social withdrawal. Symptoms should be present for most of the time during at least one month. Schizophrenia should not be diagnosed in the presence of organic brain disease or during drug intoxication or withdrawal. In the past, psychiatrists used Schneider's first-rank symptoms to make the diagnosis of schizophrenia. Kurt Schneider suggested that the presence of one or more first-rank symptoms in the absence of organic disease was of pragmatic value in making the diagnosis of schizophrenia. First-rank symptoms are still referred to, so you should familiarize yourself with them, they are presented in. Box 9.3 Schneider's first-rank symptoms of schizophrenia Delusional perception Delusions of thought control, insertion, withdrawal, broadcast Delusions of control, passivity experiences of effect, feelings, impulse, volition and somatic passivity, influence controlling the body. Hallucinations, audible thoughts, first-person or thought echo, voices arguing or discussing the patient, voices giving a running commentary. Hints and tips. Memory aid, if you add bizarre delusions and hallucinations coming from a part of the body to Schneider's first-rank symptoms you will have the A to D criteria of the ICD-10 Diagnostic Guidelines for Schizophrenia. 
schizophrenia subtypes. Due to the differing presentations of schizophrenia, researchers have tried to identify schizophrenia subtypes. The importance of these subtypes is that they vary in their prognosis and treatment response. The ICD-10 horses coded the following subtypes, which are not necessarily exclusive. Paranoid schizophrenia, dominated by the presence of delusions and hallucinations, positive symptoms. Negative and catatonic symptoms as well as thought disorganization are not prominent. The prognosis is usually better and the onset of illness later, typically 18 to 25 years, than the other subtypes. Hebophrenic, disorganized, schizophrenia, characterized by thought disorganization, disturbed behavior and inappropriate or flat effect. Delusions and hallucination are fleeting or not prominent. Onset of illness is earlier, 15 to 25 years of age, and the prognosis poorer than paranoid schizophrenia. Catatonic schizophrenia, a rare form characterized by one or more catatonic symptoms, c. Residual schizophrenia, one year of predominantly chronic negative symptoms which must have been preceded by at least one clear-cut psychotic episode in the past. Schizophrenia-like psychotic disorders. Some psychotic episodes with schizophrenia-like symptoms seem to have an abrupt onset, without a prodromal phase, precipitated by an acute life stress, or to have a shorter duration of symptoms than that usually observed in schizophrenia. The ICD-10 codes these as acute and transient psychotic disorders. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition, on the other hand, suggests diagnoses of schizophreniform disorder and brief psychotic disorder. Often these diagnoses are superseded by a later diagnosis of schizophrenia as the clinical picture evolves. Schizoaffective Disorder Schizoaffective disorder describes the presentation of both schizophrenic and mood, depressed or manic, symptoms that present in the same episode of illness, either simultaneously or within a few days of each other. The mood symptoms should meet the criteria for either a depressive or manic episode. Patients should also have at least one, preferably two, of the typical symptoms of schizophrenia, i.e. symptoms, A, to, D, as specified in the ICD-10 Schizophrenia Diagnostic Guidelines, C. Depending on the particular mood symptoms displayed, this disorder can be coded in the ICD-10 as schizoaffective disorder, manic type or schizoaffective disorder, depressed type. Hints and Tips when psychiatrists talk about the typical symptoms of schizophrenia, they are generally referring to points A to D of the ICD-10 criteria for schizophrenia, or Schneider's first-rank symptoms, e.g. delusions of control, running commentary hallucinations, etc. Delusional Disorder In this disorder, the development of a single or set of delusions for the period of at least three months is the most prominent or only symptom. It usually has onset in middle age and may persist throughout the patient's life. Delusions can be persecutory, grandiose, and hypochondriacal. Typically, schizophrenic delusions, such as delusions of thought control or passivity, exclude this diagnosis. Hallucinations, if present, tend to be only fleeting and are not typically schizophrenic in nature, brief depressive symptoms may also be evident. Effect, speech and behavior are all normal and these patients usually have well-preserved personal and social skills. Rarely, patients may present with an induced delusional disorder, fully adu, which occurs when a non-psychotic patient with close emotional ties to another person suffering from delusions, usually a dominant figure, begins to share those delusional ideas themselves. The delusions in the non-psychotic patient tend to resolve when the two are separated. Mood, Affective, Disorders Manic episode with psychotic features C. Depressive episode, severe with psychotic features C. 
psychotic episodes secondary to a general medical condition or psychoactive substance use. A medical or psychoactive substance cause of psychosis should always be sought for and ruled out. Lists the medical and substance-related causes of psychotic episodes. The medical condition or substance use should predate the development of the psychosis and symptoms should resolve with treatment of the condition or abstinence from the offending substance, although sometimes exposure to a recreational substance can precipitate a psychotic illness which never resolves. Absence of previous psychotic episodes and absence of a family history of schizophrenia also supports this diagnosis. Box 9.4 Medical and Substance-Related Causes of Psychotic Symptoms Medical Conditions Cerebral neoplasm, infarcts, trauma, infection, inflammation, including HIV, CJD, neurosyphilis, herpes and cephalitis. Endocrinological, thyroid, parathyroid, adrenal disorders. Epilepsy, especially temporal lobe epilepsy. Huntington disease. Systemic lupus erythematosus. Vitamin B12, niacin, pellagra, and thiamine deficiency, Wernicke encephalopathy. Acute intermittent porphyria. Substances. Alcohol. Cannabis. Novel psychoactive substances. Amphetamines. Cocaine. Hallucinogens. Inhalants-slash-solvents. Prescribed. Antiparkinsonian drugs. Corticosteroids. Anticholinergics. CJD, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, HIV, human immunodeficiency virus. Delirium and dementia. Visual hallucinations and delusions are common in delirium and may also occur in dementia, particularly diffuse Lewy body dementia, C. Personality disorder. In general, schizophrenia presents with a clear change in behavior and functioning, sometimes with a prodrome, whereas patients with a personality or neurodevelopmental disorder have never achieved a normal baseline. Schizotypal, personality, disorder is characterized by eccentric behavior and peculiarities of thinking and appearance. Although there are no clear psychotic symptoms evident and its course resembles that of a personality disorder, the ICD-10 actually describes schizotypal disorder in the chapter on psychotic disorders. This is because it is more prevalent among relatives of patients with schizophrenia and, occasionally, it progresses to overt schizophrenia. Borderline, paranoid and schizoid personality disorders also share similar features to schizophrenia without displaying clear-cut psychotic symptoms. Personality disorders are discussed in greater detail in Neurodevelopmental disorder Social difficulties and rigid thinking are found in both autistic spectrum disorders and schizophrenia. C. Algorithm for the Diagnosis of Psychotic Disorders C. Figure 9.3 Algorithm for the Diagnosis of a Patient Presenting with Psychotic Symptoms Assessment History The following questions may be helpful in eliciting psychotic phenomena on mental state examination. Hallucinations Do you ever hear strange noises or voices when there is no one else about? Do you ever hear your own thoughts spoken aloud such that someone standing next to you might possibly hear them? Audible thoughts, first-person auditory hallucinations. Do you ever hear your thoughts echoed just after you have thought them? Thought echo. Do these voices talk directly to you or give you commands? Second-person auditory hallucinations. Do these voices ever talk about you with each other or make comments about what you are doing? Third-person auditory hallucinations slash running commentary. Delusions. Are you afraid that someone is trying to harm or poison you? Persecutory delusions.
Have you noticed that people are doing or saying things that have a special meaning for you? Delusions of reference. Do you have any special abilities or powers? Grandiose delusions. Does it seem as though you are being controlled or influenced by some external force? Delusions of control. Are thoughts that don't belong to you being put into your head? Thought insertion. It is important to obtain collateral information from the patient's GP, family, and any other mental health professionals involved in their care to establish premorbid personality and functioning, as well as pattern of deterioration. Examination. A basic physical examination including a thorough neurological and endocrine system examination should be performed on all patients with psychotic symptoms. Investigations. Blood investigations are performed too. Exclude possible medical or substance-related causes of psychosis. Establish baseline values before administering antipsychotics and other psychotropic drugs. Assess renal and liver functioning which may affect elimination of drugs that are likely to be taken long-term and possibly in depot form. If the patient presents with a first episode of psychosis, a good basic screen comprises full blood count, erythrocyte sedimentation rate, urea and electrolytes, thyroid function, liver function tests, glucose, lipids, serum calcium, and serology for any suspected infections. A urine drug screen should always be done because recreational drugs both cause and exacerbate psychosis. An electrocardiogram should be done in patients with cardiac problems as many antipsychotics prolong the QT interval and have the potential to cause lethal ventricular arrhythmia. The use of a routine electroencephalogram, computed tomography, CT, or magnetic resonance imaging brain scan to help exclude an organic psychosis, e.g. temporal lobe epilepsy, brain tumor, varies between psychiatric units. They should always be considered in atypical cases, cases with treatment resistance or if there are cognitive or neurological abnormalities. Discussion of case study Mr. P.P. meets the ICD-10 criteria for schizophrenia, paranoid subtype. He has had a marked deterioration in his social and work functioning. He has delusions of persecution, believing he was a victim of government experiments, thought control, believing that ideas were being planted in his head, thought insertion, and reference, believing that the man in the pub was referring specifically to him. His claim that he knew these things after hearing the neighbor's dog bark suggests delusional perception. He also has second-person command hallucinations and third-person running commentary hallucinations. Receiving coded information from the radio might be a hallucination or a delusion of reference depending on how Mr. P.P. described this experience subjectively. Mr. P.P.'s description that all was not right could indicate the presence of a delusional atmosphere prior to the development of the full-blown delusions. It is imperative that a substance-induced psychotic disorder or psychotic disorder secondary to a medical condition is excluded. It would be important to ascertain the duration of Mr. P.P.'s psychotic symptoms. It seems as though he has had schizophrenic symptoms for over a month. If the duration of symptoms had been less than a month, it would be advisable to diagnose a schizophrenia-like psychotic disorder, e.g. acute and transient psychotic disorder. It is important to rule out a mood disorder with psychotic features. The presence of a mood episode associated with simultaneous schizophrenic symptoms would suggest a schizoaffective episode. Prominent hallucinations militate against a diagnosis of delusional disorder. Now go on to, to read more about the psychotic disorders and their management. Chapter Summary Psychosis is when the experience of reality is grossly distorted. Psychotic symptoms comprise delusions, hallucinations, and thought disorder. A delusion is a fixed, false, belief which arises through faulty reasoning, is not altered by evidence to the contrary, and is outside cultural norms. A hallucination is a perception in the absence of a stimulus. 
Thought disorder is speech so disorganized that communication is impaired. When assessing someone with psychotic symptoms, explore the nature and content of their abnormal experiences, their signs and symptoms. How these symptoms are affecting them, and their current and past social circumstances, functional impact. Their physical health and use of recreational substances. Obtain a collateral history from someone who knows them well, as lack of insight can prevent the patient giving a full history. The key differentials for someone presenting with psychotic symptoms are, schizophrenia, mania with psychotic symptoms, drug-induced psychosis, and psychosis secondary to a general medical condition.